0: be doing today more than looking at ISIS is uh, I'll be looking at Iraqi sectarian relations prior to 2003, sort of the defining characteristics of sectarian relations in the context of modern Iraq and then I'll move on to how these defining characteristics have been challenged by the post 2003 environment of which the Islamic State or Daesh and its previous incarnations are symptoms rather than drivers. Now, you often come across people who seem to think that 2003 was this dividing line between a sectarian and non-sectarian Iraq, as if sectarian entrenchment is this light switch that was flicked on with regime change. And I think that this line of reasoning is not only wrong, it's actually potentially dangerous for several reasons. Firstly, because it forces us to reduce our understanding Of that useless word sectarianism uh, to only the most vulgar manifestations of sectarian division and sectarian politics. And secondly, by doing so, we end up excusing, even legitimizing, the most subtle underpinnings of sectarian antagonisms of which we have plenty of examples from pre-2003 Iraq. By extension, if we focus solely on the more vulgar, more extreme, more violent end of the spectrum when trying to understand sectarianism, we end up completely overlooking the role of law and power in sectarian relations, and we also end up overlooking the intersection between sectarian identities and class and regional identities, which are key to sectarian relations. So in a nutshell, what I'm getting at is uh, it doesn't have to be, it does, it's not just about the Takfiri suicide bomber, or the mobilization of sect-centric militias, or the formal institutionalization of identity politics. It takes a lot less to galvanize sect-centricity, and sect-centric political imaginations, grievances, and senses of entitlement. So, sectarian relations in pre-2003 Iraq. First I'll start with one broad point, and that is, I think it's crucial to keep in mind the distinction between modern sectarian relations, so in the age of the nation states, and what they were prior to that. In the era of the nation states, sectarian competition in Iraq, and elsewhere for that matter, is a lot more related to competing national truths rather than competing religious truths. And this isn't just about Iraq. Look at the 20th century. take sectarian competition in <coughs> Lebanon, in Bahrain, in uh, Syria, uh, even beyond that, look at Ireland, look at Scotland and elsewhere. Often it's the case that a religious dogma is neither here nor there. They weren't fighting to impose a vision of religious orthodoxy. Rather, the context, uh, the context that beg your pardon was far more about clashing political visions and it was about access to and ownership of the nation-state. Now with that in mind, uh, I'd say that there are four key characteristics of Iraqi-sectarian relations between state establishment in 1921 and 2003. So very briefly, the first characteristic is that it was more a a, a subject of state-Shi'a relations rather than Sunni shia relations. And this reflects the fact that prior to 2003, you had an active, a politicized, or if you like, a politicizable Shia identity with nothing uh, significant in terms of the <coughs> counterpart, as you know, was, was alluded to earlier. The second characteristic is, well, Iraq had a sectarian issue. And Iraq's sectarian issue was chiefly related to Shia uh, political representation, the institutional extent of organized Shi'ism, both politically and religiously, and the limits of Shia identity in the public sphere. Now the relevance of this sectarian issue varied considerably from time to time, indeed it could lie dormant for years on end, but it nevertheless existed as evidenced by the continuous presence throughout the 20th century, to one degree or another, of Shia-centric issues, Shia-centric organizations, Shia-centric causes, what have you. The third characteristic is that sectarian plurality was a given, it was always accepted. This idea that Iraq's Sunnis and Shias have been pushed into this forced marriage called Iraq is way off the mark. Was there a sectarian issue? Yes. Was uh, sectarian plurality mismanaged by the state at times? Sure but the idea of sectarian plurality was never contested. Finally, the fourth characteristic of sectarian relations in pre-2003 Iraq was that the nation state was not in question. Even if state structures were in question, even if the identity of the regime may have been in question at times, the nation state was never in question. Quite to the contrary, sectarian competition unfolded in the name of and within Iraq and Iraqi nationalism. And at no point did any significant sect-centric actors aspire to secession or uh, an alteration of borders. And then came the asteroid, the Big Bang, uh, 2003. And the years since 2003 have really challenged, they've really threatened, what to my mind at least are these key characteristics, the rules, if you like, of sectarian relations in pre-2003 Iraq. And as I said, the Islamic State is a product of this, a symptom rather than a driver. But few things have so directly challenged the pre-2003 status quo anti of sectarian relations uh, quite as much as the Islamic State or Daesh, and also the reactions to Daesh. And here I'm talking about after the fall of Mosul, the leap in the fortunes of what I call the Shia right. I'm talking about the Hashd al and their uh, extraordinary grassroots popularity. And generally speaking, I'm talking about the mainstreaming of Shia-centric state building. And I'm happy to elaborate on that in the q a Now there's no way I can adequately address the impact of 2003 uh, in these few minutes here But briefly, to state the obvious, 2003 saw a seismic shift in the political relevance of sectarian identities and in sectarian relations, and this had an impact on multiple levels. On societal relations, on political messaging, on how the religious community is conceived, and on how the national community is conceived. Now, there's a lot of of the causes and drivers of this have roots that predate 2003. And indeed, a lot of the problems facing Iraq and the region are cumulative in nature. But nevertheless, I think regime change uh, provided the trigger, the Big Bang, as Bassam put it, uh, by firstly elevating the political relevance of sectarian identity, most blatantly in Iraq, of course, but this had a ripple effect in the region. And secondly, and more to the point, 2003 disturbed the balance of power between sect-centric political actors in the region, within Iraq itself, and also in regional geostrategic terms as well. And this gave rise to, it gave rise to and enabled sect-centric fears, hopes, and ambitions to dominate people's political perceptions, whereby one side's sect-centric ambition becomes the other side's sect-centric fear. So to give you a simple example, uh, Shia majority must rule, becomes Sunni marginalization or Iranian extension. Sect-centric ambition, sect-centric fear. Now needless to say, this is an extremely divisive environment in that all manner of issues are now susceptible to sect coding. And once something is sect coded, it almost always precludes a united front or a cross-sectarian or a non-sectarian political vision. I'd even go as far as saying that it precludes or at least stands in the way of a non-sectarian morality. Making matters worse, once such a pattern is in place, it gives political and social leaders an incentive to frame issues through a sectarian lens. Simply because in such an environment, a sectarian lens carries capital, it carries currency, It resonates with and is more easily digestible by an audience that is prepared in such an environment to believe that the sectarian other is a source of threat and that consequently one's own sectarian identity is encircled. This environment prevents national fronts from emerging. I mean, look at Bahrain, look at Syria and elsewhere. It stands in the way of a politics of citizenship and it stands in the way of a coherent counter-narrative to radical groups. And one of the main reasons for this, I mean there's plenty of reasons, but one of the main reasons for this, I think is the role played by competing sectarian victimhoods, which are key in sectarian relations today. Because these sectarian victimhoods have shaped how communities respond to crises, how they frame victims and aggressors, how they perceive the national community and national interest, and how they view conflict and this isn't just about iraq it goes well beyond shias and sunnis as groups broadly speaking consider themselves to be the prime victims of the events uh, conflicts changes of the past 13 years and hence both consider themselves the more deserving of political capital of international support of the moral high ground and both consider themselves the more entitled to justify vengeance. Now with such passions at work, on a regional scale, sect-coded conflicts, such as those of Iraq and Syria, and the atrocities of those conflicts become the currency in which competing victimhoods are played out. Which is why it sometimes seems like no atrocity is awful enough to act as a unifier. No atrocity, often it seems, again, no atrocity escapes being sect-coded and thus appropriated by one group or another. And sympathy for the murdered often seems to be dictated more by the murdered sectarian identity than by the circumstances of their demise. And I think this is one of the many challenges that today's sectarian dynamics present us when trying to confront something like Daesh or the Islamic State or when trying to formulate a coherent counter-narrative, because such conditions, as I said, have stood in the way of cross-sectarian solidarity and have raised people's tolerance of atrocities in the name of retributive justice and self-defense. And it is in that chasm, it is in these divisions that extremist narratives can resonate with some sections of society, or at the very least, uh, I'd say it's these divisions that allow some sections of society to ignore or tolerate extremist narratives. And this will continue until we find a way of decoupling sectarian identity from social, political, and national perceptions. A very tall order indeed, and one that's unlikely to be met anytime soon, I grant you. Because The impact, to bring it back to Iraq, the impact that all of this has had on the idea of Iraq and Iraqi nationalism has been profound. I mean, keep in mind, this has been going on for 13 years in a country where it's estimated that just under 60% of the population is under the age of 24. Now, this does not mean that we should start writing Iraq's obituary, and God knows we've had way too many of those in the popular press over the last 13 years. My view has always been that Iraq will muddle on through, and I think it will muddle on through, the way Lebanon has, the way Nigeria has, the way any number of countries have, despite their difficulties. But I do think that the idea of a sect-blind state, a state of institutions, will remain a dream for the foreseeable future. The empowerment of Shia-centric political forces, and particularly after 2014, the rise of the Shia right, and the decimation of the Sunni political elite has led to the emergence of a more unambiguously Shia Iraq. And in my opinion, it's here to stay. What that means in practice is that the empowerment of Shia-centric political forces will continue and that Sunni political actors will increasingly have to accept a junior role in Iraqi politics. Now, this may well prolong the widespread feeling of Sunni alienation from the post-2003 states, but in theory, this does not necessarily have to mean a continuation of conflict. Because, again, in theory, with the right policies, even an alienated community can be convinced to begrudgingly accept the status quo. So, a tiny silver lining, it's not even a silver, it's the potential for a silver lining is that we have seen since 2014, we've seen the Iraqi government, Iraqi security forces, the Hashdash Sha'bi, fostering working relations with local actors in recaptured territories. Increasingly, we are seeing figures at the local, provincial level, accepting political configurations in Baghdad for what they are, and allying themselves with Baghdad at the provincial level. Now this is often due to reasons of personal advancement and local rivalries, sort of get one over your local rival by allying with Baghdad. But it's also a reflection perhaps of just how calamitous the Islamic State has been for Sunni majority areas uh, and that basically the spread of ISIS since 2014 has burnt their political options, leaving Baghdad as the only political game in town. You either accept it or you don't. So that's the glass half full reading of the fall of Mossad and the fight against Daesh, but I'm afraid there can be no ignoring the empty half of the glass, namely, the level of fear and mistrust that have characterized sectarian relations since the fall of Mossad. So you've got this potential opportunity in the form of unprecedented uh, uh, instances of cross-sectarian cooperation, but this does not negate the risk of further deterioration. And if that happens, and I'll end on this, if that happens, one wonders at at what point, one wonders if that point actually exists, but at what point will Iraqis abandon the vocabulary of Iraqi nationalism if things continue to deteriorate? So far, the centrality of nationalism to Iraqi sectarian identity and sectarian relations has proven remarkably resilient. But the events of the past 13 years, and particularly the fall of Mosul in uh, 2014, have seriously tested the relationship between sectarian identity and national identity. So, will we look back in a few years' time and we look back on Mosul as the straw that broke Iraqi nationalism's back, as contested as that notion is? Only time will tell. And a lot will depend on bigger picture issues, such as the ever-deteriorating economic situation, The progress or lack of it against the Islamic State on the battlefield, and the precarious position of the Prime Minister uh, and the government as a whole, really, um, which seems to be hanging by a thread at the moment. So, an uncertain future and uncertain times. Thank you very much.